全ての中に使用としてことではないような完了プロセスで芸能です。なんかなんかスピーキングカーンスイングカーンコール。You This month, we are focusing our attention on one of our favorite writers, Brian K. Vaughn. Wired describes Vaughn's comics work as quirky, acclaimed stories that don't pander and still count pulses. His creator-owned comics work is also characterized by finite, meticulous, years-long story arcs, on which Vaughn comments, that's storytelling, with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Eric Malinowski also of Wired, has called Vaughn the greatest comic book visionary of the last five years, comparing him to Frank Miller, Alan Moore, Paul Pope, and Steve Niles, and praised his addition to the TV series Lost as redeeming that series' third season. In 2015, Vaughn was entered into the Comic Book Hall of Fame by the Eisner Awards. This month we are reading Ex Machina, The Pride of Baghdad. For girls, and why the last man? I just like to do that every. Was that a drop or a real thing? No, that was. I think that was him actually record. I I should just make it a drop for him so that he can. I didn't know you were such a beer drinker, Q. It's really only when I'm here because it's easy to chase vodka shots with. Uh, Ten four. (laughs) Honey, honey, you're supposed to use Smirnoff Ice. Uh, I mean, Smirnoff Ice. Oh God. So far, I haven't had one of those since. Last Tuesday. And they're typically served as punishment. Like, yeah. It's like, go fuck yourself. Drink a stir off It's really funny because, uh, like, uh, sparks and any kind of, like, you know, energy slash alcohol drinks are, like, outlawed in Utah. Mm-hmm. So, what... When we used to drive to California, uh, my buddy and I, we would uh, always grab a sparks at State Line in Nevada. And this this may or may not be illegal. This could be a fictional tale. I may um, have to edit this out is what you're talking about? No. We, 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 <laughs> we would crack one open on a state line <laughs> just to celebrate being back in California. But <laughs> No, that's definitely illegal. They, they yeah. used to have the cops at the um, border of Idaho and Utah for yeah. people who went up to Idaho to buy real beer. That's also yeah. why this is a fictional story. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. completely fiction. <laughs> Much like my accidentally picked a, picking up a hooker story. Completely <laughs> fictional. It's a terrible night to be lonely. Oh, <laughs> that's like my favorite thing about you. When you inadvertently pick up a whore. Yeah. Well, that's what happened to you. It was either that or, or, or teaching them how to haggle for blowjobs. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he did. He, he, taught, he taught a hooker how to haggle for blowjobs. <laughs> Well, she, went she went from twenty dollars to two, Melissa. We just don't oh, do that. Yeah, that that's is just that's, that's a no shame. That's exactly. A big 
I mean, even just in real life, if you're gonna go haggle at like a, a flea market, you don't go from 20 to two. No, no, yeah, like when I'm with my husband, like it's like, hey, if you take like the kids to school on your own, BJ, and he's like, nah, that, that ain't it. And I'm like, okay, well, dishes then. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna just drop down to like let the dog out. Like, there's gotta be some. That reminds me, there's a great Margaret Cho skit where she's talking about how marriage is just a, a bunch of like sexual negotiation. She's like, do I have to lick your ass to get you to take out the garbage? I mean, yes. That's another conversation key. We'll talk about that later. I mean, trash, though. Trash. Q is going to have a new uh, job as houseboy for uh, Adam and Eddie at their house. No, girl, first of all, y- y'all know I don't clean, so. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Speaking of never cleaning, we, uh, hey, welcome to, uh, episode 46. <laughs> you know what, that is, that is the shortest randomness we've had. That was only two minutes right there. That's, that's a, that's a oh mild record for us. Uh, but we are doing the last of our Brian K. Vaughn, uh, tribute, a spotlight, whatever word you want to use for that. And we are doing my gateway drug. I believe one of our other panel members on today's gateway drug as well into comic books. This is why the last man. Uh, the story of what happens when every male creature, except for a man and his poop-flinging monkey, die. Uh, and what that guy does to survive and whatnot. So, we have a slightly different accoutrement of people today, but we will start out with the never clean, always a dirty, dirty girl, Q. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Q. Um... And we just had our first rehearsal for uh, Tempest the other day, so that was really cool. I'm literally in four scenes. I'm like, fuck yes! Don't have to do a lot. It's always my favorite stuff to do. Um, but also on the horizon is we've got Sister Act auditions coming up. I'll be costuming that. And uh, in a few weeks, we're going to be announcing our um, next season. Um, the ne- probably by the time that this airs, we'll probably already know all that stuff. Um, but anyway, I'm really pumped uh, to see what's going to be next season. Fantastic. And uh, the man in desperate need of having someone clean for him, we have Adam. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Adam. Um, I am, unfortunately... So everyone always is like, oh, oh retail sucks during the holiday season. Well... Yes, it does. My job, however, sucks after the holidays when I have to prep for inventory, which is just the most god-awful thing in the world. So I am in the middle of inventory hell right now. So uh, again, if you come, if you see me at work, please, please, please bring booze. I will pay you back in blowjobs. And uh, yeah, aside from that, though, I do also review movies for Big Shiny Robot and the Board as Hell podcast. Hey, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're actually starting to get back into, uh, actual movies again. They kind of had a hiatus all through January, so, uh, by the time this airs, I will have seen Logan, which I am extremely excited for. I'm super Uh, pumped for that. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, with X-Men Apocalypse, they drop the embargo, uh, the day of the screening, which is kind of rare, so I'm hoping with Logan that they will do the same thing and I can talk about it before it comes out. So, yay! Very cool. Cool, and uh, hi, how are you? Oh, right. oh, oh, oh! Did oh, I just walk in? Okay, I was helping pick out shoes, apparently. I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> go with the ones that are higher. You says go with the ones that are higher! <laughs> That would have been the brown ones. Um, 
So, like, I, I, she walked in to get my opinion, and I was like, no, no, I'm like, I'm like oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I might edit that out, I don't know why. No, uh, don't. You know, you know, we, we that you, know you won't. <laughs> so, uh, Todd uh, flaked out on us today. Um, hold it against him, go find him, and, and you know, just say shame. Uh, use your app and use the shame bell on him. But we have a more than adequate, in fact, probably better replacement. Todd may have his place replaced <laughs> on the show because we have with us today the lovely, the talented, the, uh, I, I don't know, I was going to come up with something else. I'll cut this out. Uh, we have, <laughs> we have Melissa. Hi there. Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't do anything all that interesting. I'm a government contractor, so that's pretty boring to talk about. Um, but I'm, I'm well, you're part of the rebellion, aren't you? Yes! Oh my gosh, I spend 90% of my day telling people on the internet that they're wrong about everything. Like, this is like my purpose right now. And I say that knowing that, like, I'm a mother with two young children, that they should be my driving force. But no, it's telling people on the internet that they're wrong about the way that they feel about things. Most you're, things. You, really. you should actually join our, we actually have a group, it's called the New Galactic Rebellion on Facebook. It's fun, you should join us. I I'm can't serious. join any more groups. Because the government is looking looking for me at this point. <laughs> like, I'm going to get tweeted any second. Like, it's, it's terrifying. But it's cool. I'm good with it. It keeps me yeah. going. But, uh, so, so we've talked before that, um, you know, Brian and I have been friends uh, since college, which is uh, We won't say how long ago that was. A while ago. And, um, and then, you know, Brian and Todd have been friends for forever. So Melissa and I have been friends for how, wait, how old's Kyle Bailey how now? How old is Kyle Bailey now? So, so, so we have a friend named Kyle Bailey who was born the year that we all met, and he's uh, already graduated college. Yeah, he's already graduated <laughs> college, and you know you don't have to laugh so vigorously. <laughs> but, but anyway, no, so, I, I was thinking about the fact that like with Todd and I, I'm sure like. Yeah, if we if we, there was a kid born the same year Todd and I had met, he would have been able to graduate from college by now as well, or she. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. So um, yeah, Melissa and I have been friends for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So you're saying we should start singing like the Golden Girls theme song? <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Right <laughs> yes. down the road and back again. Boom, boom, boom. For okay. So side story <laughs> about that, real quick. There is um, a, a, years ago we went to uh, one of our neighborhood bars, Babes, and no one was in there. So Babes. Is is only supposed to show sports or sports yeah. on on their television. <laughs> Hetero penis screens. Yeah. Anything okay. like and, that. Um, and but we were the only people in there. So so uh, the bartender um, handed me the remote control, and they were doing a Golden Girls marathon on Logo. <laughs> so we definitely put that on. And every time the theme song came on, I just would get louder and louder, singing it and like doing like all the fake piano and. Oh, uh, it was it was quite the sight. Thankfully, so, someone drove me home. It's really funny because Golden Girls, like I watched that as a kid, like the first run of the episodes, which again dates me. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's really funny because I watch it now and I'm like, this was the dirtiest show on television. I know them ladies though. I called my mom. I'm like, how the hell did you let me watch this as like an eight year old kid? And she's like, well, you thought it was the funny grandma show. You didn't understand anything that was going on. I'm like, well, obviously. <laughs> So it's funny because Eddie and I do a thing now where like we're always we're like we're friends like okay so I, I'm Dorothy that's that's who I am Eddie <laughs> is Rose and we're looking for we're trying to figure out who is Blanche and who's uh, Sophia so hmm. yeah, in your group of friends 
if that's just what we do, or everyone who loves Golden Girls does that, or... It's not about the show, <laughs> well, no, if I remember no, correctly. Everyone who loves Golden... Yeah. First of all, and but the thing is, it always changes. So even though there's, like, the four archetypes of every female-driven show, like, you can change. So, for example, in my group of friends, I'm Dorothy, but Ben is Blanche. However, when we move to Sex in the City... I'm Samantha, and he's Miranda. Like, e- even though the, those are, like, the two archetypes, like, I- I'm definitely, like, more of a Samantha who's just, like, in your face about the fact that I have sex a lot, whereas Ben is more of a Blanche who more makes, a ga- uh, like, a Southern Belle kind of game out of sex. I've so. never seen Sex in the City. I- I'm a Sophia. You're awful. Yeah. I am a <laughs> Sophia. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll never change. And uh, maybe occasionally I'm, like, the lesbian daughter coming for a visit. <laughs> Sometimes, but mostly Sophia. Picture it. Picture it. <laughs> Picture it. Cicely, who gives a fuck? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, Sophia was like the first person to just get up in front of everybody and say that you're wrong. <laughs> so, there. There it is. There's my motivation. There it is. There it is. And I'm Brian. Uh, I live in Southern California. <laughs> I know. It's all good. I always forget myself. Actually, I was about to prowl in Florida. I'm like, wait, I haven't introduced myself yet. So yeah, so I'm sound designing a video game called Murder, My Friend. And as you hear this, it should be very close to having a playable demo out. Um, I know it's going to be on Steam. The playable demo might be on Xbox. Ultimately, the game will be out on Xbox. I have to look into if it's on PlayStation or not. So yeah, so check that out. Hopefully, you love it. And uh, very soon, if not on the playable demo, uh, shortly thereafter, you will hear voices from this show and others that you might recognize. Uh, doing some cameo on there. Raspberries. Oh, here I haven't played this yet. Well, that was weird. Yeah, what the hell is that? That was supposed to be the raspberry drop. That's cool. <laughs> that was definitely. No. Okay, well, I guess the drops aren't working today. Okay, well that's fun. Oh, that's because I was hoping that you do flaccid. That was the next one to play, and it, it didn't. Yeah, that, it, it, that's how the, the, the hooker I told how to haggle for blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, spoiler-free lead-in, like, sort of explanation of why The Last Man, I mean, I don't know, Melissa, do you want to kind of give just, like, a, no spoilers, just sort of like a, hey, why you should read this book, or what this book is about without spoiling any of it. Okay, so, tiny spoiler. Why is (laughs) The Last Man? (laughs) (laughs) The sequel is X, The Last Woman, so. (laughs) That would be a terrible book. Um, Why The Last Man's about a guy named York, he's Literally, the last man, a plague comes through and takes out all the men. Um, him and his pet monkey uh, that he was in the process of training uh, survived this apocalypse. We're not quite sure what the cause is. On the first uh, few pages, we get some, like, teases at what it might be and what have you. Um, and then we just kind of see the uh, rebuild of the government and the response from different groups. I don't know how deep I can go on this. No, that's it. That's good enough. good introduction. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's the last okay. man. Why is the last man? Yeah. That is my intro. Yeah. Why being Yorick is the last yeah. man. Yes. yes. Which the funny thing is, until you said that, I never pieced that together. I just oh. always did the Y chromosome thing. But, uh... Yeah. Actually, same here too. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why we need females on here. They're smarter uh, than us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got that Y because he's the last man. His name is Yorick. Girl. Yeah, I, I, I'd never picked up on that before. I think it's, a, it's a double. It's a double. Is it a double entendre? Yeah. It's a two for one. Okay, so we've been trying this recently to try to like get people's perspectives so that if you know you wanted, you didn't know if you wanted to read it or not, you could get an idea. 
but of course it ruins all of the conversation later in the episode. So this is my <laughs> big thought. I, I think I figured this out. So we're gonna try this out. We're going to give this grades like you were in school, A through F. You know what I mean? A being fucking drop everything and go read this book if you haven't read it right now, and F being um, the pro. Uh, the pro or bo 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 The pro for Q is a D. Yeah. Because but at least that was that. somewhat entertaining. But the yeah. bo bo bo. Actually, I, I did burn that book. Ooh. Did you really? <laughs> oh, I did. You could have donated it to your local library. No, we don't, don't need to ruin children's I, lives. I, I <laughs> contribute to the dumbing down of America. That's what Trump's for. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> oh, it gets worse, honey. Yeah. So we'll go around. Uh, I would probably give this uh, an A minus to B plus range. Uh, I love it a lot. I also, I think, because I've already read it, I feel like it isn't a run out and get it, but actually, it probably should be a run out and grab it and read it if you haven't read it already. But I'll, I'll say A minus. Melissa, since you are uh, joining us today, would you like to go next? Uh, sure, yeah. So I would probably go like B plus, and that is only the only thing that I'm going to say that it didn't get an A for is because the fact he's a magician, and that is really lame. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do. The escaping of the handcuffs nonsense. Like, I just know. But okay. if, you know, if he if he like flip burgers, it'd be an A like uh, all day, all day. Okay, rebuttal, Adam, magician Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you got the shame belt. Shame. <laughs> okay, Adam, what's, what, what's your grade? Um, I. So I, I've never read this before, and okay. I, I I feel ashamed. Uh, it's funny because. You, know, you mentioned uh, one of our themes we want to do in the future is a book we should have read, but we yeah. haven't. This is kind of me. I mean, I, I'm in love with this. Like, I think uh-huh. it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's interesting. It's funny. It's political. It's it's everything I've I love in a comic book. It's it's fantastic. So yeah, very very much a go read this right away. It's it's yeah. If if, if you haven't done it, you're you should be ashamed. And I'm okay. ashamed. I've not done it. <laughs> and Q, what's your grade? So, as someone who has never read it before and has only read the first five issues, yes, B minus, C plus, like Frankie Pants. It's good, and I mean, I like Brian K. Vaughn as a writer, and I know that um, he will probably take it someplace really cool because um, you know we, we've obviously read a bunch of his stuff I really love Saga which is like the first thing that I hadn't read on this podcast that I was like yes this is awesome um, but just like the first five issues I was just kind of like nah Ho- hopefully they get better like um, like I really uh, we'll talk I'll talk about it later We're, yeah. we'll, we'll, when we get into it so I mean, still fairly solid grade all around. And, and, and again, and again, if your like criteria is this is something that like you have to drop everything immediately and go read, yeah. I don't think so. Do I think that yeah. people should go read it? Yeah. So B minus. B minus. B minus sounds fair. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're sitting at a, a solid B range. B B minus. B plus somewhere in there. Cool. You're uh, allowed your wrong opinion. It's fine. <laughs> Melissa, as a government employee, will correct your wrong opinion. Um, <laughs> I but just so don't sh- like that the magician. Like, let me clarify. Let me clarify. I'm a magician. I have a problem with magicians. I have a yes, problem with him being able to escape every bit of dangerous situation because he's hawking up handcuff keys. Spoiler alert. Uh, but, uh, also, spoiler alert. Wait, wait to take away my drinking game rule. Sorry. At least, at least but, he swallows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's 
better. He's about to be very well taken care of. He should really follow once in a while. I just think he comes off looking like the dad in the commercial that doesn't know how to use laundry detergent. Like, like I just want him to be a little bit more clever since we're perpetuating our species off of him. So he's the guy who doesn't know how to get Tupperware out of the, out right. of the, the shelf. It's like shit's flying everywhere because... Too much brain power, but he'll go off to work and like be at NASA or what have you. Like, I just, you know, that, that, that's my problem. Not against. Oh, speaking species. of NASA, <laughs> that movie, The Space Between Us, is horrible. Oh, 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 that, oh that's, that's what I heard. Which, which one's that one? That's the one with uh, Aza Butterfield, where he's the kid who's born on Mars and comes to Earth. Oh yeah. Oh god, so. So I, I had reviewed Triple uh, X, the new one, as the uh-huh. dumbest movie I've seen in like two years. This one tops it. Wow. Oh. It is the dumbest movie, and I, I've never seen a movie try so hard to fight against itself. Oh, God. Uh, listen to the Board as Hell podcast, and we talk all about it. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Andy. <laughs> so cool. Uh, well, so then we will continue on with uh, our drinking game, which Q's rule has already apparently been stolen, but would you like to give it to us anyway? And now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Rule one, the escape artist rule. Every time York escapes a deadly situation, including the plague, take a drink. Rule two, the his fragile little ego rule. So every time York thinks someone is talking about him or the fact that he's a man, uh, when they're not, take a drink. Rule three, the monkey shines rule. Every time Ampersand throws poo, runs away, or gets into general monkey mayhem, take a drink. <laughs> monkey mayhem. I know, right? Alliteration right there, kids. I'm very proud of that. And our final rule, the belly button rule. Anytime you see a woman uh, appear in a tube top, you can drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know those bitches are not going to wear that. <laughs> Okay, cool. So this is the point in time in which if you haven't read this book, and uh, most of us recommend that you should, and my dog is currently freaking out because my wife just left, and uh, he's losing his mind. It's okay. Drug that dog. So yeah, so we will take a quick little break, and you can join us on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. A Duran Duran is neither a Duran nor a Duran. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so Ben and I this morning watched this movie. It was called Henry Gamble's Birthday Party. It's on Netflix. It's terrible. But so so it's this kid and he's like super churchy and so like he's having this birthday party so it's like all a mixture of like his school friends his church friends and like his dad's church friends because his dad's the pastor of you know like one of like those new agey new life kind of places and um, his mom gives him a Duran Duran record and I'm like because this kid isn't gay. <laughs> like, like, are you kidding me with this Duran Duran record? <laughs> they could have given him Boy George. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Listen, it, it could it could have also been Madonna's Immaculate Collection. That was my first tape. Um, mine was like counting blue cars. <laughs> 
Kenny Bluegrass, that came out when we were in high school. Not oh. very cool. <laughs> <laughs> so my first concert I ever went to was like the Monkees. Oh. So oh, yeah, uh, I loved mom... Harry Chapin. I know, but your mom loved the Monkees, though. Yeah. I've okay, seen so them in concert four times. The first CD I ever bought was uh, Green Day uh, Warning. Oh, no, see, the oh, no, first uh, CD I uh, ever bought uh, was All Saints. It was Jewel. No. It was, it was a warning. It was, it was a Nimrod. But the uh, the first tape I ever bought was Weird Al, Dare to be Stupid, because I wanted the oh Yoda song. Oh, my gosh. Dare first to be of all, stupid. I saw him in concert last year, and he was incredible. That was, like, Actually, the best concert coming, I've ever been to. He's coming to uh, Salt Lake Comic Con, and uh, our fearless leader, Brian, has a I photo op with him. I do. Uh, I'm very excited yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, Brian, Brian just went to a, a Weird Al concert as it, well. It's I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl. He has more Bowl. costume changes than Cher. Like, he yeah. is legit. I don't know how that man is breathing with all the dancing and running around he's doing. Well, it, it's called Velcro. Mm. <laughs> but it's like inflatables. It's like, yeah. there's a lot of, and he's running up at, like, this is a wolf trap. So he's uh, running up and down. It's outside and it's hot. So, yeah. Mm. Now, he puts on a crazy good show. Like, I've seen him twice. I saw him at, uh, the uh, OC Fair a few years ago, right when uh, Alpocalypse came out, and that was like one of more of his full shows with like the shit ton of costume changes and whatnot. And then I just saw him last year at the Hollywood Bowl with the uh, the LA Symphony, and that one he did like it pared down because they were only doing this like they're only doing songs with like the symphony backing, so he didn't do his entire. Like he did costume changes, but it wasn't like a full show where he did like shit, like ten thousand of them. It was kind of like an abbreviated one, but it was still awesome. But it was kind of it was one of those weird things where like every time I see Weird Al, I think back to myself thinking, if I, if you were to tell me like me at ten years old that I would be sitting with my wife at the Hollywood Bowl watching Weird Al with a symphony orchestra, I would say you were on crack, like because <laughs> there's no logical way that would actually happen. But you know, it it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So yes, if you ever have a chance to see Weird Al in concert. Highly recommend it. And then I'll have to find out what was actually in that conversation when I edit this episode. Uh, <laughs> it, it was all about, it was all, you know, blood sacrifices, you know, hail oh, Satan. Cool. That, kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, that actually, that will, <laughs> hail Satan, have a lovely afternoon. No. That will tie into uh, my, my recommendation this week. <laughs> oh, really? You don't say. Okay, Q, have you done enough blood sacrifices to Satan to be able to do your duty? Or do you want to pass the duty off to Melissa today? No, no, I'm I'm not that mean. <laughs> Duty. <laughs> All right. Which plays a part in the show. Okay, you ready? Here comes the lightning round, kids. Lightning round begins now. So we open up where we find out that something terrible has happened, uh, and then it says 29 minutes ago. So York is on the phone with his uh, very pretty girlfriend in Australia while he is in New York. Uh, he is... Uh, working on some kind of escape artist thing. Uh, We find out that York's mother is a representative in Congress. She is um, a Democrat, but is against abortions. Huh. She seems pretty, like a pretty uh, hard ass. And uh, you also find out that York has a pet monkey named Ampersand, which is weird. Then we're introduced to uh, female soldiers in, in Israel. Again, that seems super random. I'm sure that plays into something later. Uh, you know, York's on the phone with his girlfriend. Then, uh, this, we see this special agent who is 355, and she's trying to rescue this woman in Jordan. She dies, and they're, they're like, uh, 355, we have something more important for you to do. And then we're introduced to Dr. Mann, very ironically named. Dun, dun, dun! Who apparently has impregnated herself with her own clone. What the fuck? 
So then, so we go to Boston, where we meet Hero, who is uh, York's sister, who is an EMT. And then we're kind of like ticking down the clock to when this plague happens. All of a sudden, all of the men, including any male animal, so any mammal with a Y chromosome, then dies. And we're all just not quite sure what happens. And then that is the first book, which ends with sort of a, a little breakdown of kind of uh, a plague, everybody dies, and it kind of gives you some good statistics about like what kind of people who are in power still. So then we um, meet York two weeks later, or two months later in Washington, D.C. He almost gets hit by a car driven by a supermodel, which is actually <laughs> a dump truck full of dead men's bodies, um, which well, she they have collects. To go somewhere. Yeah, well, she collects them to get uh, food from the CDC. Uh, she then discovers that he's a man. She's like, uh, I'm going to go sell you. And because uh, that's the thing. And then 355 uh, breaks, in, breaks into. Uh... What? I'm going to sell you. I mean, that's what she says, right? You broke me. I'm sorry. I'm going to sell you. Oh, we also we also find out that um, there's a um, when he's talking to the supermodel that there is a group of women who call themselves the Amazons who um, are like real kind of militant and they even killed her boyfriend who is a trans man. So even even a um, even though a trans man doesn't have a white chromosome, they still find him to be a threat. So, 355 then breaks into this woman's house, who you find out is, was a secretary of agriculture, which means that she is next in line to become the president. Again, she's going to sell him, blah, blah, blah. She ha tries to handcuff him, but drink, he escapes. Um, and she is wearing a tube top. And she is wearing some and sort of And once again, he thinks it's all about him, so drink. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, he, uh, York's mother is still alive, and he goes to see her in the White House. Uh, they're then attacked by the Republicans. <laughs> LOL. Um, and worst. So, yeah. so, so like real life, okay, cool. Yeah. And so, and so you also find out that there is the the Doctor Man is you know this bioengineer, blah blah blah, who's trying to work out um, you know how they can continue the race. Three five five and the president are stuck in traffic on the three ninety five like everyone else is in DC, <laughs> but because. Um, you know, everyone died while in traffic. Uh, you know, obviously there's all the cars still in the way. So you find out that the, the Republicans are actually all the wives of all the dead congressmen who want to um, also have a say in how the government is run. His mother locks him in the safe room, um, and he's just like, oh, why am I in the safe room? And uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, he gets out, because El Mahico. Um So his mom tries to go talk to the... Um, to the Republicans, one accidentally kills one of the Secret Service members, so obviously they need to start shooting more because that's a thing. So blah blah blah. So York comes out and and or the president lady reveals herself. York comes out and the president kind of agrees that yeah, you need to go find this uh, doctor man. Uh, really try to figure out like what the hell just happened. And but my favorite is she totally pulls a RuPaul and she says, "Don't fuck this up." And she tells three five five that it's her job to sort of keep York alive while he's on his travels. Uh, we're then back in Israel with these ladies who are then told that uh, there is a man named York who is alive. So then uh, while he is in D.C., York and 355 are kind of having, you know, that typical buddy cop bonding kind of we hate each other. And uh, he gets away by mon monkey mayhem. Take a drink. And uh, so the, apparently the women have turned the Washington Monument 
into a sort of memorial of all the men who have died, which is really kind of <laughs> Hilarious. And uh, these Amazons show up, and he's like, no, I'm a dude. I'm going to punch you guys. And the girl's like, nah, we're actually probably going to kill you. So 355 does come and saves him, and he's like, well, I got the motorcycles because I'm cool. No, you're not cool. The Amazons go back to, like, their leader or whoever in Baltimore. This lady seems a real kind of cuckoo, LaRuku. Mm -hmm. And uh, you find out that the person that she puts on the task force to go track down Yorick is his sister Hero. Dun, dun, dun! York is having weird dreams about his girlfriend like bleeding from orifices. So, so Victoria makes Hero kill this girl who bought one of the motorcycles and it's like real like, why? She's a postal employee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it's real, it's real fucking weird. Yorick and 355 track down Dr. Man. The monkey escapes, which means that they leave the, um, they leave the lab and the Israeli women burn down the lab and they're like, fuck! So then they're like, all right, so I guess we gotta go to California and end issue five. Ta-da! And that's where the OC started. And, and that, that's also where <laughs> I stopped reading, because I did find out that I did have issues one through ten, but I still actually, stopped yeah, I, I actually buy the I, I bought the, the big one, but I only read the first one. Well, and I just was afraid of repeating what happened to us on Ex Machina, where all of a sudden it keeps going on, and Todd and I are like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> no, that, that was me and you. We both, I misunderstood we, we the assignment. We like, So the, the reason that I that I say that, you know, I'm going to give this book a, you know, a, a B, what did I say, a B minus? Yeah. Is, is because, like, I really didn't, I don't know, I just, I, I think it's still too early to kind of like be involved in the story, as far as as far as I was concerned, like I'm just kind of like, okay, so we're still in like the first thirty minutes of the movie. Like I'm just kind of like, all right, you know. And and so for me, I'm like, I can go put this down and not pick it up again and be totally fine with it. It wasn't mm -hmm. like with um, Saga or uh, Wicked and Divine where I'm like, nope, I need the next ones. I need to keep reading. This is so awesome. Like I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. You know, it's again, it's well written. I think that the the characters are pretty like fleshed out, kind of. But I, I still don't feel like the urge. I don't feel an urgency. I don't feel like I don't know. Like like I absolutely have to keep reading. And, and see, for me, like like you know, reading the first five issues, like I'm I'm really glad that I bought the book that was the bigger one that has the first ten, because that hook is set, and I need to keep reading this. Like I, it, it's not quite as intense as. Wicked and Divine, like like you said, like that was the one where I read the first book. I'm like, uh, no, this is gonna happen. We're we're gonna stay up all night reading. Uh, but no, this is like I I had fun with it. I think it's interesting. I think it's it's really cool to see a, a different take on a post apocalyptic world. I mean, most times it's it's monkeys or or uh, or zombies, but this is uh, this is cool. This is fun. This is a uh, it's it's really interesting because. Uh, there was an issue of South Park, episode of South Park, sorry, uh, years back where all the uh, everyone became atheist. And they're like, oh, well, atheism means that there'll be no war because religion's gone. And then they start doing, like, with the, the, you know, science, damn you, and everyone's arguing over which idea of science to fight with. And what's kind of cool with this is, like, people argue, like, oh, well, if there were no men, then we wouldn't have war. Uh, my viewpoint has always been that people are just assholes. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if there's no religion, if there was no men, there no, no women, no gay people, no straight people. We're still going to fight and argue and be assholes. So uh, it's kind of interesting to see the new uh, matriarchy set up in this book as far as that we're still going to fight and be people, be bad people just because that's what kind of humans do. We're, we're kind of fucked up that way. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I liked it a lot. I, I'm not. I'm going to go read this, the the next part when I have more time, uh, because <laughs> <laughs> obviously I'm kind of busy right now. But well, uh, the constant problem on the show is we read through so much stuff that everyone's like, "I yeah. love this book." When I have time, I'm gonna go finish the rest of the book. But after I read the next 25 books we're going to read, like I'm fucked next month. <laughs> With the, with the biographies, like I'm like, oh god, these are gonna be long ones. But no, this is uh, this is fun. I, I liked it a lot. I think it's interesting. Uh, I, I find it fun that Yorick is the least interesting person in the book because that's kind of how it's supposed to be. And it's I don't know. I, I'm all about it. I think it's great. Uh, Melissa, you, you had uh, some definite thoughts on this since you wanted to jump in on this episode. What are your uh, What are your initial thoughts on this? Okay, so this is probably my husband is way into comics, and it was not something that I grew up. I'm sorry. In doing <laughs> like, like that's not something I was into so when we were he was trying to get me into it when we first started dating he had a bunch of different recommendations and I hated most of them and then his best friend recommended this series and I read the first three he had let me borrow and then immediately went out and bought the rest because mm-hmm. and I do agree that these first five I guess um, it's so much exposition and you don't get any time to really care about any of the characters because there's just no substance to them yet. I was most interested in Dr. Man's like <laughs> fetus. Like that's what I really wanted to know about, but you don't, you know, you don't get that, that much time with that. So, um this is after reading Why the Last Man, I was more adventurous being able to read comics and get into them. But this was definitely my first love, so to speak. I, I like. I, I thought it was a really unique idea, and I love this one. I think like the third episode that you guys did of your podcast, I was like, so if you guys ever do Why the Last Man, I'd love to talk about it. Well, so, yeah. and, and the thing is, may, maybe what we needed to do what was to have done maybe all ten issues mm-hmm. in this, in, 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 for those of us who bought the um, the you know the big the bigger book, maybe we should have done one through ten. And you know, I might have a completely different opinion because to me, it's the, it's the same thing as um, Scott Pilgrim, where that first book is really fucking boring. And, and again, mm-hmm. you hey. guys have all you you guys have all read the entire series, so you know what's coming. And yes, I saw the movie, so yes, I know what's coming. But to just base it on that book, nothing happened. And this, like, even though like some things happen, like to me, it's just not as as exciting. Like it. You're, you're like you. To me, I feel like not enough has happened, but so much is happening that you don't know who these people are yet. You don't know why you should care about them. Um, you know, like because like Yorick is a very, very sort of two-dimensional character. All he cares about is finding his girlfriend. So if he's like, all right, this is what I have to do in order for me to go to Australia, then you know this is what I have to do for now. But it, you know, his his first his first thought was to go find his mom in D.C., but you don't really know why. Like, if his first thought was to go to Australia, why didn't he just go to Australia? Like, I, I like, to, so I'm just like, why, like, why is all this happening? I don't really, I don't really get it. I don't understand why these, uh, women have sort of banded together and want to destroy all, I, you know, all sort of men in general. I, I, I don't know. And all of that might be explained in the series. I just don't know it. And judging on the first five issues, I'm kind of like, eh, I could read this eventually. Yeah, and it's it's tough, too, because uh, especially in the first five issues, it, to me, it's pretty unrealistic that all these different 
like groupings of people have been established in only two months. I mean, there has been a pretty significant, you know, <laughs> plague hit, and all of a sudden we've we've got Amazonians and we've got like that are burning mm-hmm. down the sperm banks, and we've got, you know, the PC lovey hippies that want to just worship the monument and. Yeah, the women who are just gluing, spirit gumming hair to their faces. So uh, to me, that it we get pretty desperate. I hate pretty spirit quickly. gum. Yeah, it's <laughs> spirit, the worst. Spirit gum is the, the worst. worst. It's totally not use that. Yeah, but uh, it, it does it does happen quickly. And to me, like the hook doesn't really even occur until after the third volume. Like that's when I was like, oh, I need to see this through. I need to see how this resolves. And because it's like. A definitive series, and I know it's ending here. They were already all out by the time I read yeah. them, so I knew that there was a resolution. And it wasn't like other comics where there's like, you know, how many times does Robin die? Is it still Robin? I don't know what's yeah. happening in Batman. Like, it's, I couldn't jump in at something like that because it was too. Too difficult. Like and, I tried with X Men, and that was just like, wait, and, what? And, and and I have to say, and I have to say that I do, I do agree. Um, you know, we've we've you know we've spotlighted Brian K. Vaughn, and um, he definitely seems to be a writer, which is kind of what we were talking about in the last episode. Um, is that he has an idea of where of where he wants to go? So all of his series so far have have a definite end point, whether that's you know seventy some odd issues. Is you know you know I, we don't know, but because um, you know we were talking about Paper Girls, but he definitely has something to say, and he knows where it's going to go. He knows that there's going to be an ending, and I think I guess to be more a little more optimistic with this book, um, you know, you know that there's going to be an ending. You know that this isn't just going to be an X Men or a Batman or a Superman where they're just going to continue to recycle the same kind of stuff over and over again because you know they have to continue they have to keep the book going mm-hmm. and see I, I guess uh my counterpoint to what you know melissa was saying was as far as you know people all of a sudden create these crazy groups and we have the amazons and you know the everyone else is like maybe i just work with the public too much and i see i see too much of the dregs of society that i just i feel like in this kind of situation when everything's gone to hell no one knows what's happening everyone's freaked out we all kind of become our, we become tribal again, kind of like we did back in like Caveman and Cave Woman days, where we just we group the people who we agree with and who who at least kind of say they understand what's going on. Psychologically speaking, the the whole mob mentality of is you know people, you know you, you take Grandma Grandma Murphy and put her in a mob, and in two minutes she'll start throwing bricks too because in that kind of situation like your 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 primal you know your reptile brain takes over and you do things you wouldn't normally do so i could definitely see how when everything goes to hell all of a sudden you're part of these little like clicks and groups and they back you up and it's kind of like facebook um (laughs) (laughs) you know you everything you think is being reinforced by everyone around you who now you rely on to survive uh so yeah I, i could see how things could go to hell that quickly and that fast and you could have like the Amazons who are you know cutting off their right breast and you have the, the people who are going crazy and doing horrible things uh, who are selling you know the only the man they can find into slavery again it's all about him uh, but yeah I just I, I don't know I just, this this book really I've I wanted to read it for a while I know we have the the TV show which is not based on the book uh, the what is it called again the the last man or the hello last man on earth yeah yeah which I, yeah, I haven't seen yet. I, 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 to my understanding, it has nothing to do with this book. Let's no, it, 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 completely separate. But I do kind of want to read it because, or watch it because I think it's, it's again a cool idea. Uh, 
but yeah, like you, you, you put people in horrible situations and kind of let them run free, and you end up with Lord of the Flies. So I think it's, I think it's interesting that you know they, they took that approach and made this go as deep as it did with people going I, crazy. I honestly just happened. think it would have been more believable if he would have said if it would have been like a year later. Yes, exactly. So my problem, I guess, isn't no, with I, I agree the groupings. It's I, I just yeah. they don't have electricity yet. How do they know that like there's no men left? How do they know they're America isn't the only place affected or because you know in one month you're not traveling you don't have somebody that's been able to travel around the world and relay that information I guess because so, yeah they're complaining about not having electricity so they don't have the internet they don't have I, mean, I don't know maybe they're Morse coding back and forth well, it was, or something. It was smoke signals, though. Hmm? Smoke signals. No. Oh. Smoke signals. <laughs> Women's intuition. It just, yes, it just we just synced up. It was <laughs> because we were all menstruating. Oh, oh my god, the entire world we, we, menstruating. We, 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 it's the, yes, line, it's the worst. <laughs> oh, my, the worst. Oh, my, oh my word. <laughs> so speaking of uh, menstruating, here's my cocktail. Oh my god. <laughs> no, it actually has nothing to do with menstruating. So um, I was. Uh, my whole thing is that I was trying to think of something that was like a girly drink, but like a strong girly drink. So. Um, I found this cocktail and I've renamed it the Tough Lady, and it's one ounce of scotch, um, and then you fill up the rest of the glass with champagne. So it's kind of fizzy, kind of girly, but then it's scotch, and and then and then you garnish with a strawberry because you're a lady. Of course, because ladies garnish with a strawberry. Well, of course. <laughs> so so we'll go to mine. So mine again, going with the theme that you know it's all about York because it's all about men. Uh, I'm going with the the Manmosa. Uh, so that's one ounce of uh, orange vodka. You can stoli or you can use something that doesn't hate gays. Uh, four ounces of Blue Moon beer. Four ounces of orange juice. And then you garnish with an orange twist. And most importantly, a piece of bacon. Ooh. Well, have, you ever, have you ever had the breakfast shots where you end with a piece of bacon? I have not. Those are fucking delicious. When you come out to visit, you'll have to teach me. Okay. That and how, that and how to zhuzh uh, yeah. tissue paper. Yes, yep. uh, yeah. He doesn't know how to wrap presents with like tissue paper and like. I don't. Pretty. I'm bad with gift, gift bags. I'm horrible. I'm bad. Yeah, I'm he's a terrible guy. I mean, I suck dick and everything, but silly. You know. <laughs> but don't we all? <laughs> so Brian, yeah. So uh, my cocktail. Uh, I obviously, based on my drinking game and my cocktail, I realized I was very obsessed with the monkey ampersand. So uh, <laughs> my cocktail is the ginger monkey, uh, which is from the Monkey Shoulder uh, website, which I have bought Monkey Shoulder. It's like a blended whiskey bourbon thing. It's not very good on its own. It's definitely something you want to mix with. I've seen a few bars who have it, and I kind of quietly judge them. But <laughs> regardless, um, like I'll walk into a bar. Like It's one of those things where like, and it's it's just, I, I'm just enough of a cocktail nerd. Like if I walk into a bar and they're like, I'm like, hey, so what do you have? And like, or I'll just look at their bar thing. And if I see monkey shoulder there, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know about you. Like, uh, I mean, if you're using it as a mixer, fine. But if you're like, hey, you want a shot of monkey shoulder? Like, you can go fuck yourself. But uh, so this is, it, it's in metric. I'm sorry, uh, but whatever. I've done metric drinks before. So it's 50 milliliters of uh, monkey shoulder and 80 milliliters of dry ginger ale. And you basically fill the glass with a lot of ice, uh, add the monkey shoulder, and then pour the ginger ale over top of it and stir slowly. Yeah, obviously you don't want to shake it because that would be a problem. And then you just... Top it off with a nice orange wedge. Very simple, lovely cocktail. And also, I've noticed a lot of our drinks so far today are uh, very orange-themed. At least yeah. me and Adams, I guess. Very orange, yeah. 
Melissa, Orange. do you want to jump in on the party with your cocktail? Oh yeah, so I, I chose I I made up my cocktail. Yes. Yes, nice. I needed a theme drink. And I also misunderstood the assignment and thought that I had to drink mine while we did the podcast recording. Well, we so we try to, but it doesn't always happen. But yeah. Yeah. I worked it out. Um so mine is the post apocalyptic lazy bitch. Um it is, it is Franzia White Zinfandel in a box, chilled. Uh, nice. Served with strawberries uh, in a Snoopy glass from McDonald's. Uh, nice. I yes. swear to God, that sounds fucking amazing. It's delicious. It really Dude, is. I don't like wine, so that's it's like, really ooh. the glass that makes it's, that. Yeah, it's the Snoopy glass that I think really does it. So, so it's most apocalyptic. You're just finding the glass that you can find. Yeah, yeah, no, and, that and boxed the, wine. the box wine survives. Like, well, you know, breaks, those, though, the, yeah. the basic girls, they take up all the good shit early. But people like me who are resourceful, just go to the liquor store and get 12 boxes and, and then we get all in our, like, kids wagon back home. Yeah, and we can all get white girl wasted, so it's great. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. White girl wasted would be a great band name. White girl wasted probably is a band, is a band name. name. They're, 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 coming this year, so. they're probably in Brooklyn. They, uh, yeah. they probably made their guitar strings out of hemp. They're, they're uh, playing at Berkeley. Uh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to do kind of final thoughts on this since we're about at that time? I'm gonna, I'll jump in. So uh, this this was one of my gateway drugs. Um, also, like Melissa, this was one of the first books I recommended to uh, my wife when we, uh, we first started dating, and she loved this book as well. Um, to Q's point, ultimately this series, not this book in particular, but this series, I feel like is essentially a road trip movie. Um, and this book only leads up to the beginning of the road trip. So, like, this is the this is a road trip movie, but what we've read so far is getting in the car. Uh, and, you know, we haven't even thought over, you know, what music you're going to listen to and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, only reading the first five is probably a little bit of a detriment to this book in general. The one thing I also I noticed personally reading this the second time around is how easily it read and how quickly it flowed and I having I'm still on this epic quest to try to read down my to be read pile so I've been reading a lot of books and some of them I've found that I just struggle through and some of them I can breeze through a lot and I was trying to figure out what that was and I think it just has a lot to say about the writing and the natural feel of it and the flow of, of how everything comes together and I think that's something that Brian K. Vaughn does really really well and I think he does really well in this book in general like it felt like it was for me it was a really quick read just because it all flowed together so well I also had read the book before but um, reading a second time around it's been I don't think I've read this book since probably right after the trade came out because um, I when I started reading this book was right when the first maybe one or two trades was out and kind of followed it along ultimately and Melissa I, I don't know your feelings on it I didn't hate the ending of the overall series I didn't find it ultimately completely satisfying I agree with that I, I don't know if I if there was a perfect ending to this book with the way it led up. I didn't like the ending enough to like say, oh, I, I now hate the entire series. Like you know, like how some people hate Lost because the end of Lost wasn't great. I still really enjoyed reading it. and I recommend reading the entire series. The finale of it, it was kind of like, uh, okay. But that being said, I still think it's, I think it's a valuable book to read, and I think. I mean, it's already kind of taken a place in um, in uh, in the pantheon of uh, comic books, and I think it'll probably be one of those books that, you know, down the line people are looking at saying, oh, yeah, you should go back and reread this, kind of the way we are looking at some of the older books that we look at as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my two cents. So I do really enjoy it. I think that looking at some of his more modern work, I think that Saga is better, and I think that uh, stuff, something like... Um, Wicked and the Divine is something you should definitely drop and go out and read. But this is definitely, you know, when you've read some amazing stuff, this is a nice 
uh, a nice book to jump into as well. Adam, do you want to give us your th- final thoughts? I'm with you in the fact that I, I do think that previous books you've read, like, you know, Wicked and Divine, especially, <laughs> again, that Wicked and Divine kind of sits as my, my, my high point as far as <laughs> one of my, my favorite comics of all times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, this one just, I, I couldn't stop reading. It was so interesting. It was so funny. It was deep. It was in, introspective. It was just kind of a different take on things. And I, I can't put my finger on like the one thing I liked the most, but this does sit there with as far as for me, if someone's like, you know, Hey, what, you know, if I'm going to get into comics, like I want, I've heard about this, like, you know, Brian K Vaughn guy. I mean, saga would be my first go-to like, you know, read this. This is amazing. Uh, but why the last man would probably be my second. And I'm not even, if, you know, Melissa said like after the third trades, when the hook gets you in, you're, you're set in, but something with this one just caught me in the first, I don't know, like 10 pages, I guess maybe, maybe I was, just, it was, I was in the right state of mind. Like, you know, we, we mentioned when we did Pride of Baghdad that I was in the wrong state of mind for that one, even though I recognize that it's a great book and it's just not for me. I'm not a hater. Fuck you, Brad. Uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> but I don't know. It just something about this just caught me, and it's 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 amazing. It's fun. It's interesting. It makes you think. And you know, I, I am glad that I bought the big book by accident because I am excited to go read more. So go out, check this out. It's great. Uh, if you haven't read Wicked Divine, go do that first, <laughs> and go do Saga first. Uh, or second, but then go do this. But this this is fun, so. Hugh, what are your final thoughts and opinions on this? I mean, go Girl. read it. I don't think that you need to drop everything that you are doing right now to go read it. Um, it's Brian K. Vaughn, so you know it's going to be well written. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's, there's that going for it. Um, but for me, I just didn't... I don't know, I just, I just didn't get into it, which is weird for me because usually if it has like a lot of female characters like I'm usually like balls to the wall like let's go I'm I'm down like let's do this you know there's like you know female secret agents and like this whole these whole crazy villainesses and you know all kind of stuff and I'm just kind of like I would probably still read this eventually I mean it's gonna go at the bottom of my pile you know I also have you know an 8,000 X-Men books I haven't read yet so (laughs) there's that um so it and you know kind of like what um, and do you know what what it might actually be for me is the fact that there isn't that sort of comic booky element in it. You know I'm I'm a spandex and superpowers type gal, so um, you know th- there just isn't that sort of superhuman factor in it, which I which I think um, you know it, at least with Saga it's like aliens and there's like some magic comp- components and Wicked and Divine there's still um, that kind of stuff but like these real life stories I'm just kind of like meh because even like the stand um, the which this definitely gives you some you know some throwbacks to I mean I didn't really like the stand either which is you know mm-hmm. one of Stephen King's in my opinion, better books. I mean, it's no, um, what's her face? Oh, the one where she smashes his legs. What's that one? Oh, Misery. Uh, Misery. Misery. But yeah, go read it. I'm sure. I'm sure people will enjoy it. I did. <laughs> I, I think the difference of opinion on this book actually uh, 
for me and you, Q, I think also it says a lot just about like our gateway entry because I know you were your gateway into comic books was definitely X Men, so you're definitely more based on powers and team groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like this was sort of my gateway into it, and um, I was always a little intimidated by all the powers stuff. And so having a story like this that was something I could relate to, um, I mean, and, and part of the thing too is whenever someone talks to me about you know potentially wanting to get in comics, I always just ask them rather than ask them what kind of things they're interested in character-wise, because like people know of Superman or Batman or Spider-Man, and when they think of comic books, that's often what they think of, but I ask people what kind of movies they're into. And if you're more interested in comedies, there are definitely comic books for that. If you're more interested in sort of like big blockbusters, then yeah, superhero comic books are probably great for you. You know, before I started reading comics, I was always a little bit more into sort of like independent-type film-type stuff, you know, Sundance-type movies, at least what used to be Sundance movies uh, before it just became uh, a selling ground for Netflix. Uh, so this kind of book was definitely a great uh, element for me to be able to step in comics, and I think that's part of why my taste in comics is what it is, is because a lot of it kind of harkens back to, you know, reading this, and, and so I, I, I mean, I, I like superhero stuff, but my first love is always going to be kind of stories that are more like this, which is probably why there, it's it's going to be very rare that we're going to find a book that both Q and I completely and absolutely love, and, and when we do, it's one of those books that kind of hits that narrow niche where both of our, our perfect wheelhouses are. Melissa, would you like to finish us off with your fabulous thoughts on this? Uh, okay, so I, I do love this story, and um, as a person with a vagina, I was really looking forward when I was told the premise of it as to how the, the females were portrayed. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do have some disappointments in that area because it's definitely a post-apocalyptic female world written for men, in my opinion. Um, okay. Like you don't even see a fat girl till like page 133, and uh, <laughs> some of us read that. So, <laughs> so I'm just like, well, this, and you see thousands of women in the first, you know, five, uh, five books. So uh, the the I don't always mesh well with the women's um, motivations. Um, I, I don't know that I completely agree that they were written with the with a woman in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love the badass Israelis that just come in and, you know, uh, rough shit up. Uh, I, I, This was my gateway book. This was the first comic that I read and wanted to continue reading and didn't feel like I was lost or intimidated by. The story is great. Um, I do agree that York is probably the least interesting of all the characters in the book. 355 was definitely, for me... Um, a driving factor when reading the book. I, I just really wanted to know her story. Uh, I do wish that we could have told the story without their the requirement for romance. Um, mm-hmm. that, that I don't want to give too much away, but it, I do feel like sometimes York's romantic motivations were unnecessary. I, I think the story could have still been interesting without having to know who was swooning over who. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and ampersand is the shit. And the best part <laughs> of the entire series is the theater section. So when you get to that, the women's troupe, you will be glad you read it because <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so does anybody have any recommendations? So um, I was gonna say one of the big holes in our Brian Cavon sort of spotlight is Runaways, which was one of yeah. the. Um, which is one of the first mainstream things. I don't know about first-ish, but, you know, like, first mainstream kind of things it did, even though it's still, like, to the side of Marvel. 
Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and get that just because I'm now in sort of the Brian Kavon mood. And <laughs> have you not read those before? No, I haven't, which um, actually has surprised okay. a lot of my my comic book friends. Um, yeah. And um, they also just released the casting notice that they're going moving forward with um, a TV show. I be- is it on Hulu or Netflix? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, well, so I actually... I, 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 I think it's on Hulu. Uh, did you ever meet my friend uh, Jason? I think he was at my wedding. Um, he, I went to school with him in North Carolina. He works for Marvel TV, mm-hmm. and last time I had lunch with him, they had just done the pilot for Hulu for um, Runaways. Awesome! And, 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 yeah, so apparently got picked up and did really well. Yeah, the funny thing about Runaways as well uh, is I actually got into Runaways because after Brian K. Vaughn stopped running it, Joss Whedon wrote it for a few mm-hmm. epi- uh, issues, and that's when I started reading it, so I read it out of order. I read the Joss Whedon run and then went back and reread all the Brian K. Vaughn stuff, and they, they sell them now in like these big collections, and I have the first two, and I need the third of Brian K. Vaughn's to finish that off. That's all, it's always on my list of like stuff I should buy, and then I always go, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. But I haven't finished off that run just yet, but it is a really fun book. Like The whole premise for those people who may not know what it is, um, the, a group of kids come together to find out that their parents are super villains and trying to take over the Earth, and they decide to band together and um, stop their parents. At least that's kind of like the basic <laughs> part that, that, that I yeah. know of. Because, um, again, I don't really know a lot about them. Yes, I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped to go read it. See, I, w- I went to the, uh, the Joan Jett movie, so I oh, yeah. was completely confused what you were yeah. talking about. Well, the other thing about <laughs> the Runaways is what ends up happening is, so their parents are supervillains. They end up basically defeating their parents and taking over their powers, and they sort of become their own sort of little pseudo, like obnoxious version of the X-Men but um, also this the whole story at least the Brian K. Vaughn part of the story takes place during essentially the Marvel Civil War so there's the mutant registration thing going mm-hmm. on and all that, uh, the superhero registration act going on and so they've run away they're like I mean they've run away from their their, their parents as bad guys but they're also kind of they're they're running away from uh, being registered as superheroes as well, and so like there, there's a little bit of that going on as well. So that kind of places it in the Marvel universe for you if you, you know, are, are looking for continuity as to where it falls into. All that stuff doesn't play in a whole ton. It comes in and out a little bit. Um, at one point in time, they they have some run-ins with other Marvel characters. I know the Punisher shows up at one point in time, but that might be in the Joss Whedon part of the run. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. It's very interesting. It's that book. I think is more about the dialogue than almost anything else. It's it's a very funny, interesting, fun book. Um, so, but definitely, yeah, if you haven't read it, it's definitely worth checking out. Adam, you had recommendations. So I, I have two actually. Uh, so we, we read uh, Afterlife with Archie a couple more, actually yeah. back in October. Yep. Uh, so the CW has their new show Riverdale. Yes. Which is the kind of darker murder mystery kind of take on the whole Archie world. Um, yeah. That show is absolutely horrible trash, and I love it to death. <laughs> it is so amazing. Oh, my God. Um, Q, have you watched it yet, by chance? Mm, no. Okay, you, you, Okay. first of all, you have to. <laughs> uh, it, it's amazing. It, it's, it's well-written. It's well-acted. It's dark and dreary. I mean, in the first 10 minutes, you get statutory rape. I mean, what other great things could you have <laughs> in a TV series? Um, Way to get, sell it, Adam. Arch takes a shirt off. He's hot. Um, uh, It's it's so cool. I mean, they they they're doing a really dark, almost a Twin Peaks take on the Archie world, and it's it's amazing. Like I I can't say enough good things about it. It's oh my god. It's just 
trust me, just go watch it. By the time this comes out, this will be like halfway through the season, but go check your on-demand, catch up. It's really cool. Um, I don't know. It's Greg Berlanti's behind it. He's doing all the all the uh, DC stuff. So uh, if you've not watched this, trust me, everyone's talking about it. You need to go see this. So uh, there's that. And also the, uh, the soundtrack for Dear Evan Hansen just dropped, and I've been looping mm-hmm. it for the last two days. Uh, after you know, it was cool because uh, we went and saw Mamma Mia, which I've never seen live before, and we actually had front row tickets. So that was kind of fun to you know sit right there and see everything. And so we go back to the car and it's like, oh, here's the soundtrack. It dropped, yay! Uh, no, it, it it's great. Uh, you've heard me talk about it a bunch of times on here. Uh, I, I don't know if I would go this far, but people are kind of the consensus I'm seeing online is people are saying that Hamilton is this generation's uh, Les Mis. And Jervin Hansen is this generation's rent. Again, I don't. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but it's really good. And people who are listening to it, they're like, I don't get it. Like, what's the story? Um, it, it's called Wikipedia. Uh, you can go there and you, <laughs> you can read everything. I literally did that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if if you know me and you follow me on Facebook, um, I should quickly have a bootleg copy to share. So please message me, and if I like you, I'll send it to you. So. Because I can't go to New York because I got fucked on my tax returns. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be in New York in October. If it's still playing, I'll go see it. Oh, it, it'll be playing. It's going to win the Tony, so. Well, and then I'm going to text you and be like, oh, it, it's only okay, and then you'll be mad at me just for fun. I'll just fuck, fuck with you. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Melissa, do you have any recommendations? Okay, so when Quentin sent me this, he said that I could recommend an activity as mm-hmm. well. Okay, so if you're feeling like really lady strong, I've gotten into something lately that's very lady strongness. Um, so I just started playing roller derby. Nice. Ah, roller derby. What's your roller derby name? Maleficent. Oh, nice. I like it. Yep, because I'm a Disney nerd. Um, so I don't I just, know any of those. <laughs> I've just made it onto a roller derby team called the 301 Derby Dames, and they are all really badass girls. Um, nice. First of all, Melissa's first day, she broke a girl's leg. Okay, so that was not my first day. <laughs> that was the day of our assessment. <laughs> okay, but and it was just very cool. unlucky circumstances. I did not. I hope I didn't break this poor girl's leg. Um, but sh- that girl's already ready to get back on skates and everything. So like these girls are just really tough and strong. And so if you're really feeling like some like lady powerness. Uh, I highly recommend uh, even going to a local roller derby bout, or um, if if you're in the area here, come uh, come check um, my group out. Uh, it's super fun, and I get to hit people, which makes me feel better about <laughs> politics. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. That that actually beats my recommendation. I should have gone first. Um, You're gonna sound lame as shit now. I am. I am completely. I hate people, chicks, yeah. in little shorts. Yeah. Suck it. Shit. Well, okay. Just be prepared to be disappointed. Whatever you're doing, you better do it with wheels on your feet. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I, I do read comics with wheels on my feet. That's okay. that's how I roll. Okay, good, good. Uh, ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, that, was, that was good. That was good. No, last week I was talking about a, uh, a book by Jonathan Hickman that I was like, I'm liking this book. I'm not necessarily certain if I'm in love with it or not yet. And I actually, I really like it. Uh, the first trade just came out. Uh, it's called, fuck, it's sitting right here. Oh, it's called The Black Monday Murders. It has, so Hickman, as we've read here, we has the, the traditional problem of trying to write and sound like he's the smartest guy in the room. This doesn't feel like it falls in that same trap anymore. Uh, so it doesn't feel like it's, 
like, hey, look at me, look at me, look how smart I am. But it also has it, it has some elements that remind me of um, Wicked and the Divine. Uh, it's basically the, the 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 plot in the briefest sense is there are all these different banks that are basically run by different forms of devil worshippers and dark magic. The different people come into the group to be part of the the coven or the the whatever, and they're basically in control of all sorts of stuff. So it kind of feels like a dark arts version of the Wicked and the Divine to a certain extent. And then it has a little bit of some of the stuff that I liked from the Nightly News, where it has some of the extra details and things like that. And so I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, because it's Hickman, I know some people love it, some people don't. So I'm tentatively recommending that. To cover up for that, uh, also that came out um, is the newest uh, collection from uh, Rue Baker and Sean Phillips, who do amazing work together if you're into crime stuff. Uh, they just had a new trade come out called uh, Killer Be Killed, which is about a kid who is sort of depressed, his life's a little bit messed up. He um, attempts suicide by jumping off a roof, decides mid-air that he doesn't he actually wants to live and so at this point in time you don't know whether or not he is hallucinating or not but he survives and there is a demon who basically says i like he might be hallucinating it might be a real demon you're never quite sure but uh the demon says you're alive so therefore you owe me a life so each month this guy has to go out and kill someone so he basically becomes he decides he's only going to kill bad people i think the demon tells him to do so so he goes around and he is you know a new york college student but he is you know, sneaking around and finding people to basically murder, but it's actually it's very interesting, uh, sort of crime noir book that uh, that uh, Brew Baker and Phillips do so well. Um, and I read that last night and absolutely loved it. So those are my recommendations. Anybody else have any last minute recommendations, thoughts, things before we move on? I mean, you're a terrible person. I am a terrible person. <laughs> oh, I, just, uh, Saturday Night Live in general has been great. So oh, so well. good. Melissa McCarthy yesterday is my spirit it. animal. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> okay, so next month we are doing all autobiographies, which means we're going to be crying a lot this month. Yes, I'm sorry. there's so uh, much tears. There are so many tears, but a lot of books I'm really excited about reading. So um, and no drinking. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take out drinking games for the month of March because it just feels like it would be rude and unnecessary, and I yeah. don't know. You're, you might need to drink heavily on your own anyway after reading some of these books. But uh, we're starting out the month with uh, Rosalie Lightning, which is by Tom Hart. Which uh, I Todd recommended this, and unfortunately he's not here to tell us. But I believe it's about a guy and his wife dealing with their daughter's death, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, we're gonna follow that up with the peppy story of Pedro and me. Which is um, it's Pedro um, Judd Widnick. Yeah, Judd, it's Judd, Judd Widnick, and I don't remember what Pedro's last name. They're from what the second season of Real World? No, it wasn't the, the second. It's probably like third or fourth. It's on the San, the San Francisco. San Francisco with yeah. Puck. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. So it's it's Judd from that wrote this comic book about his experience with Pedro and Pedro's battle with AIDS and all that kind of thing. Uh, then we're doing uh, Persepolis. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Persepolis. To Persepolis, uh, which is about, uh, I believe it's an Iranian girl who moves to Paris during, um, uh, you know, Iran's multiple, you know, political issues. And then we're finally finishing it up with uh, a book that inspired a Tony Award winning, I believe, Adam, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it won everything. Yeah. <laughs> it won everything. Uh, Tony Award winning musical, Fun Home. So we're reading a comic book that turned into a musical um, about a girl dealing with her father's uh, death and her coming out of the closet as a lesbian. Um, it is actually by... Why, why am I blanking on her name right now? Uh, it's Bechdel. Uh, Bechdel, yeah. So this is where the Bechdel test comes from. Um, yes. It's, it's not from this book, but from this writer. Uh, but yeah, it's a 
mean, the book is good and the soundtrack is good, and I'm hopefully going to try and see the musical uh, before we do this. And Melissa has already seen the musical on Broadway because she's fancy pants. I'm so fancy. It was really good. Really so, good. The so children maybe we'll drive in it are amazing. Uh, oh, speaking of children, I saw the tour of Matilda the other day, actually. Oh, that's, that's in two weeks for me. So once again, this the mix at in Orange County sucks, but the thing I have to say that cracked me up, and I'm going to have to cut this out, is I'm watching the show, and there are these, you know, 12-year-old kids doing all this stuff, and I'm just watching going, like, the safety department where I work would lose their shit. Like, they would lose their fucking minds. And, like, it's not that the kids aren't doing anything that a kid would normally do, but I'm just watching this going, like, oh, yeah, like, if they were to try to do this where I work, the safety department would, like, lose their fucking minds on like really simple stuff like a kid jumping on a bed it was it was pretty entertaining but it was a fun book uh they have three different girls who played matilda the girl who played matilda the night i was there was great um the whole show was really fun um so yeah so adam i think you'll enjoy it but yeah see now we've talked about musical theaters too Yay. we do need to fit, we need to fit footlights <laughs> in this somehow because we almost always talk about musical theater cool well that'll do it for this week uh so next week rosalie lightning uh be, you know bring tissues um and uh yeah we'll see you next week for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.